It's time for another Game Day, hosted by Flames Nation and Barn Burner at Greta Bar YYC. Join the crew at our favorite Game Day watch party spot, Greta Bar YYC, Saturday, March 23rd to watch Calgary take on Vancouver. Doors open at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10. Good food, good prizes, and a guaranteed good time. This event is brought to you by McLeod Law LLP and Village Honda. Get your tickets at nationgear.ca before they sell out. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, buddies, and welcome to Barn Burner. Here as we are rolling through another beautiful week in summertime. We hope you're enjoying yourself. Download the podcast, watch it on the YouTube. Do whatever you got to do. I mean, watch it, take it with you. It's what it's all about. If you missed the first two parts of our conversation with Matt Stage, and go back and grab them. I mean, you can catch up. It's not gonna. If you didn't, you should. But if you didn't, it's not like you're gonna be left out in the cold coming into this episode because you'll be able to play catch up. Uh, Stajan, from the Flaming Sea to a Red Bull, uh, retirement, thousand games, do we get there? And really all of it matters not because as a, as a father and when you become a father, it's just one of the greatest things that could happen to you in your life. And for Matt, he experienced that. The trouble is it was fleeting and a tragedy struck for the Stagens. An emotional finale. The conclusion of our in- interview with Matt Stagen starts now. Thousand games. Did you think, was there a, a, a point where you're, you're thinking, I'm going to finish, I'm going to have 993 friggin' games. It's not going to, I'm not going to. Yes. When I signed my, my last deal, um, I was like, okay, if I stay injury-free, like you always look. And my dad would always tell me, he's like, he would be like, this is, you know dads do yeah um but then i had some injuries my first years of the deal i had a a couple my mcl one year um i missed some time two years and then i I missed some time with with everything we went through with our with emerson so i missed like a bunch of games there so there was i was getting scratched but then by the last season i think i needed i played really well um gullitson's first year we made the playoffs like i played pretty much every game that year and then the next year, um, he, again, you're just kind of pushed aside. You're the older guy last year deal. You're going to be in another lineup. And there was a time where I got scratched, I think, four of five games in like November. And I remember looking and be like, eh, it was a good run. <laughs> right. And then, but then Jager, Jager left. So when Jager came, I thought I was screwed, to tell you the truth. Um, but he left. It didn't work out. And, yeah, we don't have to get into that, but it was just a weird didn't that, work that, out and didn't work say, out. Yeah, yeah. Was... well, that was a weird, another weird dynamic. But anyways, so that happened. It's cool we get to say we played with Jagger, but besides that, um, 
yeah, there was a stretch and then, but then I started playing well. Cause I didn't have a point that year till Christmas. I was in a line out of the lineup and I was rattled at the points mattered for my game, but still, when you get a point, it helps your confidence. You just, sure. you're just playing more free. And then the second half of the year, there was a stretch there where I, I took off playing. I was on the fourth line, but I ended up getting, you know, to over I think 12, 14 points and was playing well and they couldn't take me out. And if they did, I would have been writing Gullitson's ear. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. like let's watch game tape. And and he knew that. Like, he's like, he said, he's like, the good thing is I don't have to take you out because you've been one of our better players. Um, and then, yeah, and then I got to the final stretch and I was like, I'm going to hit it. And then I hit it. And then the next game I was scratched. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of my play, because yeah. we had been eliminated from the playoffs. And like, yeah, we're going to play, uh, you know, Lazar and all these young kids. And I was yeah. like, okay, I was like, we can I get a few more games so it's not just on a thousand yeah. so, so, so I, I got three more and um and I honestly thought I could maybe play another year in a role just like in a lineup somewhere um the tree was straight up with me you know maybe I was like oh if I sign for league minimum maybe go somewhere but then I was like do I want to do that you know Germany it sounds pretty good going to Europe and um, unless you can guarantee me that I'll win a cup somewhere, like yeah. that's the that's the that's the thing. Do I want to go to another trial on a PTO after you play a thousand games when no. the percentage of guys making it off PTO is like really small? So that's like that's the conversation I had with my agent, and we just said, "Oh, let's just, let's go play one more year overseas and call it a day." And did it happen fairly quickly? Because you, you like you say, you have to make that decision that okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go to camp on a PTO. Then you got to find a place to play. Yeah. And that, that how did it come together quick? No, like, so July one, I just, my just like, we'll just see it, who would, cause it, we knew it would be yeah. a PTO. Like no one wants old guys anymore. Um, and he's like, you have interest from a few teams on PTO. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. But then the hard part is Europe fills their imports really quick. So it's hard to get a good spot. Cause for me, it was like, we want to live in a good city, like Munich. We were like right away as soon as they called. Um, but like there's a, we could have went to the KHL and do all this. I'm like, no, we're, we have two kids. Like I'm not doing that. And it came, I think, and mid, uh, mid August. So it took like two months or month and a half. Yeah. Like I remember talking to Yari Curry. He was trying to get me to go to Yogurt. And I was like, I'm not playing in the KHL. Like I know <laughs> Yogurt's not in Russia, but you'll be, I'll be gone a lot. Um, and then I was like, no, Munich worked out. They had one import spot, thankfully. Um, Germany has more imports. And I don't even know why they had it. Usually they filled them out, but they did. And I went over July 1st. That was It happened quick. Now they look back at it. But we were also having a baby start of August. So our minds were elsewhere too. Yeah. Is it safe that there, there would be some frustration and you'd be disappointed and there's sadness that your career is, is over in the NHL? But I know talking to you in the past, the going to Munich with the family and everything. It what, just such a great way to yeah. put an end to your playing career. It was just a great experience for you, right? Yeah. We just, we just loved living there. Like it was just an experience. That was awesome. The, the hockey was really good. Um, Oh, you know, when you go there, you're like, Oh, I'm going to get to play the power play again and be the guy, <laughs> but it's not like that. They have their, they're still, they have their power play guys. They have, um, it's good hockey, um, but I got to play a big role on the team, and um, you meet lots of guys. There was guys Keith Ollie was on the team who was in the enough trade, sure. and 
John Mitchell, I played with in Toronto. He was there. And then you meet, you know, a bunch of Germans, guys that play it. Now when I watch international play, there's a bunch of the guys on the team. So it was cool in that sense, but just the atmosphere of those games, it's like a soccer game. That was awesome to experience. And then I got to have my, my oldest Elliot was in the room with like, I'd bring him to like practices. He'd during team meetings, I'd sit him beside me. We'd watch video. The coach was fine with it. Obviously, some coaches wouldn't like that, but there it was pretty laid back. Um, it, it was kind of eye-opening, though. Like, guys have cell phones in their stalls at practice. Like, it's, but I guess yeah. that's everywhere now. Um, so it was a perfect way to to, to go out. Um, plus, COVID happened the next year. So I was like, yeah. if we were to go back, that would have been a hassle. But, yeah, no complaints. March 3rd, 2014, you talk about your two boys, you talk about Emerson, uh, Emerson was your son. And if, if you, if I had texted you about it, if you could walk us through your, your, you and your wife, Katie, are having a, having a child and just the greatest fear a parent can have, unfortunately mm-hmm. happens for you guys leading up to that. Um, was there any indication that there could be something potentially uh no like we so my wife was pregnant and like i'm we're very open about this we we went through that season and do all the checkups and you know we're ready to have a baby like it was just like any new parents and we were in edmonton we stayed overnight in edmonton and then the team was flying out the next day to minnesota from edmonton and i remember getting a call on the way to the airport um that katie's water broke so um or something happened like she needed me to come home like we're going to be having the baby a couple it was i think it would have been like three weeks earlier a month early and so i just jumped on a plane to calgary and so we literally were going she was at the hospital when i got back they had to keep her overnight for for you know just make sure everybody was fine the baby was fine and the baby was fine like okay that you're just we're gonna have the baby early um everything's gonna be fine and so we did the like every parent we pack up we go i go there because she was staying i got a call like early in the morning to go meet her um because the baby was coming and then it it was done by c-section we had to have a c-section and we were just in the room having a baby and baby came out and as soon as they cut the like as soon as the baby's umbilical cord got cut and they brought him like there was no crying um so but the baby sorry the baby was alive but then it, there was like it was weird because we were in the room and you you know and you just feel something's wrong you could just tell panic on I can see it. yes on the doctor and on the people around right but they didn't know what it was because there was no prior indication that there might be something so when the baby was born when Emerson was born, they, they took like, we're like, okay, can we hold Emerson? And right away they're like, no, they're like, we got to just, sometimes they have to help the baby's heartbeat or, you know, different situations happen all the time. But then you just saw people getting messaged in the door come open and maybe they would have him on the table next trying to get his heart going. And, um, basically he wasn't getting air through normally. So they would have had to, give him a, a tube to help him breathe, but they didn't know where it, it's complicated, but we find this all out after, but the three, four or five minutes, it was just like panic. And we're like, Katie's on the table. And I'm like, I don't, 
know what to do. It was just a weird. And, and then like, I don't know what, how long later, like maybe 10 minutes or like, there's no words that they can even say to us. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of an exciting moment. Baby's coming. And then it just, with no indication or anything, it was just, yeah, he, he didn't make it. So that's kind of how it went. And, um, yeah, it's to this day, it's been, we're, we're blessed with two healthy boys now and, and we've made Emerson's, uh, memory, uh, something important to us and we keep him in our memory, but it was, it was a tough, tough, uh, tough month for sure. And I don't really know how else to put it other than, no, it's, yeah, you, there's so it, it, and it was cause I wasn't that familiar. Obviously I knew most of it, but it was that it was that quick that like mm-hmm. in 10 minutes, it's the greatest moment of your life yeah. to your worst knowing and, and Katie's had a C-section. So she's yeah. Right. What do you, how do you handle that? Because you, everyone's helpless. There's nothing you can yeah. do you more than anyone else. What, what, how do you handle that? It, there's no answer, honestly. Like it was, and there was no, like, it's not like we were preparing, okay, there might be something wrong or like there was, there was a healthy baby right through just something didn't develop properly where he can breathe on his own. Like they could have, if they'd known, they could have had something there ready and he could have, they could have helped him breathe, but obviously that wasn't the case. So it was just quiet and the, the hospitals do have uh staff and they deal with this, you know, obviously probably more than, than we, we thought at the time it's, a, it's, you know, it does happen. And um, yeah, they let us stay there at night and, the hard part is you don't, you're just at a, at a loss. And then, but then this is like your only moment that you can really share with the child, even though he's passed away, they're like, do you want some pictures? Do you want at the time you're like, you're just like, I want this to go away. Like, that's your initial thought. You're like, I, this is the worst day of our lives. Like, but now we we look back and we're so thankful that we, took some pictures and we have a memory of what he looked like. And, you know, and that, that's like, we, we got to hold him, but at the time you're just in such a, so much shock and you just want everything to go away. Like, let's just get back to our lives. Um, so that, that was really hard. Um, and Katie's obviously the one who went through all the experience of being pregnant and having that connection with the baby. So then you have to deal with and help her along and, and we grieve differently. Like she grieves differently than I do. So it's figuring all that out. There's just so much stuff mentally, but then also then we got to like plan for like, what do we want to do for, because he did have a birth certificate. He was born. And then there's a death. Like, it's like, then we have to like, what do we, do we want to cremate him? Do we want to, where do we go from here? And so it's just dealing with all that while you're in shock. And, um, it was, it was crazy. And, yeah, we, we, we tried to make, looking back now, we made, we did the best we could and we've made a positive out of it by raising money and helping the NICU there and children's hospital. But, um, I don't wish that upon anybody cause it was, it, it's hard and, and I don't even know how else to explain it. Village Honda is a proud supporter of Barnburner. You can find them in the Northwest Auto Mall or check them out online at villagehonda.com. Village Honda has got new Hondas arriving daily. Drive away in your new Honda 
from Village Honda, your dealership for life in the Northwest Auto Mall and at villagehonda.com. The Hearing Loss Clinic has been helping change people's lives for the better since 1993. At the Hearing Loss Clinic, it's never been about hearing impairment. It's been about empowering you to be socially active, more connected with those around you, and confident in every aspect of your life. People of any age can suffer from hearing loss, and studies have shown that serious health risks have been linked to untreated hearing loss. They have nine locations to serve you, four in the city of Calgary. Make a healthy choice and book an evaluation today at hearingloss.ca. I can't pretend to know, but it just from the outside, having anyone that has experienced loss, if you lose a parent or a brother, there's, you, you talk about grieving, it's kind of like we're, we're experiencing the same loss. Mm -hmm. No one experienced that like you and Katie. Is, does that help you too? Because everybody, everybody is around you and they're bringing you in. You have so much support, but no one is feeling what you two are feeling at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like grand, my parents' case, like they're grieving in their own way. But yeah, we're the, we're the parents. And I remember a nurse coming in um, and saying, like, because they, they bring every, they bring a, whatever a priest in, in case you're, you know, religious and they bring in a lot, they give you lots of pamphlets. And I remember a nurse coming in being like, honestly, you guys are really tight knit. You can tell, like we would lie, we'd lied in the hospital bed and just kind of held each other for a day. And they're like this app, when this happens, I guess the percentage of couples that stay together is, is like 20%. It's like really low. Right. Cause, and they're like, really focus on each other. Don't let that happen. Don't let this destroy what you guys have. Right. And we, and that's cause it's hard cause it's a constant memory you have together. Um, so we, it, it, we were always close, but that definitely has brought us. Yeah. We sh like, you're really close after that, but you're always close. You're married, you're sharing your life together, but it was, this the grieving part's really hard because and, and the reason that that couples i don't know we're like talking couples therapy now but couples often drift apart after that's because the grieving's different guys kind of go one way and the wives will, will be like or the mother would be like well you, you're not caring enough you're not showing emotion but guys sometimes don't show emotion they just kind of go about it differently so it's understanding what each of you need and we understood that and it, you know, we, we've worked through it. So I, I think you start, and when you go through something like that, you meet other people and we've had people now call us who go, who have gone through that and you try and help them. And that's, that's kind of how we've tried to go forward. Cause like people to call, will call us and reach out through social media or through the hospital. Like, how did you guys deal with this? Like I've had friends in Ontario call me, my friend just lost a baby at a stillbirth or whatever yeah. it was and so you try and help but it's you can't speak for anybody because everybody's different because I, I i've it was the point i was going to make because i think the statistics show that it, those sorts of tragedies can shatter mm -hmm. marriages and relationships it can go kind of one of two ways you then i mean it's because i want to there's also that pull for you that 
I got to go back to work. Mm -hmm. It's, I kind of have an important job and I know the flames and everybody would have been great. Are you riddled with guilt? How are you? I need, I just need to go. I need to get my mind onto something else. Not immediately, Mm -hmm. but as the days go on, I don't think you, did you ever feel like, okay, I can go now. Or how do you handle that guilt of leaving Katie and going back to the team? Yeah, that, that was hard. I need for myself. I needed to, Go back for it, just clear my mind, like focus on hockey because it was hard at home. And, and her parents were here and family came down. My parents came for a bit. Like, but for me, the way I needed to move forward was I needed to move on um, and have that time. Um, and Katie needed certain things that she needed. And um, the first few days back was weird. <laughs> Because everybody around you doesn't know how to react to you either, right? You just want to go back and things to be normal, but it'll never be that way. Um, so you go back and you have 23 teammates, trainers, and every single individual is like, what do I say to him? What do I do? And then and then that put, makes you in an awkward situation. But the guys were great, honestly. They like it was it was pretty seamless. Um and then you just get back into your routine. But the support we had from the wives and the girlfriends and even just people in the city and the organization, like we were thankful for that. So I think, I don't think we ever, I ever felt pressure to go back. I just, I think it, when the time was right, I wanted to go back and we thought it would be the best for, for me moving forward. And then we had things for, for Katie, but going on the road, was really tough for sure down the stretch there but the team did let me take different flights to go meet the team so sometimes i wouldn't if it was a long trip i could fly home or um so katie wouldn't be on her own and then even the next year when we had elliot the team was very conscious of that and actually left me behind on the road trip before until we had the baby so i would i would be here because katie had to have a c-section again and it was I didn't even, it might've been the exact same room. It was, it was almost identical, same hospital. So we had to go relive everything that we had went through. I wanted through. to ask, cause you guys, yeah. you get back on your feet and you're pregnant again. Mm-hmm. How that can't be a normal experience Yeah, to go through a second time. It, it's great that quickly, you know, yeah. you, you build up your strength and you go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Go through it again, but how nerve wracking was it? Yeah, it was, it was stressful. Like that whole season, that whole time was stressful. Um, but yeah, we, we had support around us. Katie's Katie's so strong that, you know, that we were able to go through it. We would, we'd have to do extra check-ins and, and all that just based on the history of what happened. And, um, yeah, it was, it's hard to look back now at the time though you're 
scattered that your brain is like, cause trying to play hockey in the NHL, trying to, you know, making sure my wife is mentally like how hard that is on both of us, but she's carrying the child and then the guilt she feels of what happened thinking like, who knows like why it happened. Like, cause you, you do question like, why did this happen to us? Is there something we did is, um, but we, we, we had support. The team was great. Like they, they let me stay back when I needed to. Um, like I wouldn't miss games, but I would fly in. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like even when Elliot was born, it was, he's born a day before. So it was less than a year that Elliot was born. So he's one day before his brother. And I stayed back that whole, like a week It was a two week road trip. The team went out to like, New York, Philly, and I joined them in Boston a week after because they'd said, we don't want you to leave your wife during this time. So Berkey was all, well, the Flames organization's always been really good with that. Ken King, everybody. And uh, and then after that, they let the same. They would let me fly in and out when I needed to. And I didn't miss any games. They just said, book flights as you need. McLeod Law is proud of their Calgary roots. It's a big part of their longstanding client relationships. They understand the city, people in it, and the way things work in Calgary. Like the communities they serve, the McLeod Law team, varied, diverse, and share a commitment to making a positive impact in Calgary. Whether your challenge is business or personal, they're in it with you, professionals with a common goal, helping clients meet their goals. McLeod Law. Bonton Meat Market. You've heard us talk about Bonton for years. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, then what's taking so long? Bonton Meat Market has been serving Calgary for over a hundred years and is better than ever. When you walk through the door, you can take comfort in knowing that the product is the very best. Quality and the customer is number one to Greg Keller and his staff at Bonton. Once again, voted Calgary Consumer Choice Award winner for the best deli meat market. Summer is here. It's time for Bonton. Bonton Meat Market, 28 Crowfoot Circle, Northwest. So Elliot, you're in the hospital. Elliot is born. We cut the cord. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it for you when they bring you the boy? Yeah, I was, we got to hold him right away as opposed to last, there's no panic. It was just, it was a weird. So when you get a C-section, you're kind of, you meet other people who are having C-sections. So you're in a room and the people beside us were like right after us, but people knew our story based on being a Calgary flame and what had happened. So like here after, like they're all asking, did everything go well with the stagians, but holding him, it was, I can't even explain the feeling. Like I remember just looking at Katie and her just being so, we were both so relieved at the same time. We were like how special like this is like not taking it for granted at all. And, um, it was a completely different experience, but it brought back the memory. So it made it hard and stressful in a way, but it also, you get to experience the joy of having a child and um, what it's really like and not dealing with what we, we did the, the year before. Yeah. The Emerson goal. While I'm choked up, we may as yeah. well go there. 
I think the hockey world got choked up that night. You are grieving Emerson. You go back to the team. You're on the road in Edmonton and penalty call, penalty shot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you talk about things and sometimes how they're meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was only my, it was either my second or third game back. Um, yeah, in Edmonton, and we we weren't making the playoffs that year. Um, it was the year before we made the playoffs, and I remember Lenny saying to me at lunch, "He goes, it was weird. He came to me at lunch out of nowhere, and he goes, I got a good feeling about tonight.' And I was like, "Oh, well, I said I hope so. Like this is my first time away, my first road trip away, um, to being away from Katie overnight, and." That night was it was the same game. It was very laid back in the dressing room, and it was the game when Camilleri went on for warm up without a skate blades on. So it was like it was very like laid back in the room. Guys were laughing. It was near the end of the year, and then we went out and everything went our way. That night. we went like eight one. Eight one. Glennie had a hat trick. I think I had four points, but the penalty shot. It was. For that to happen when it did and the call like it was shouldn't have been like it was a really weak hooking call but it was called i guess it was a penalty kind of and then i remember lining up for that penalty shot and i'm like i'd only had one previous penalty shot and i tried the same move it was in toronto i'm like and it was the old fake shot forehand backhand and I didn't score the last one. I'm like, I got so much shit going through my head right now <laughs> that I am just doing this move. This yes. <laughs> I know this move. I'm doing it. I probably just should have shot it with my skill set, but I was like, no, I'm doing this move because um, it, this is, I just felt like I could score. And, then, and so I went in and I just didn't even think twice. I went in, I made my move and I backhanded it and it went, seven hole in the goalie under his glove and uh it was pure emotion like i i remember i don't i blanked out like i remember pointing up and then going to the bench and just the whole team kind of trying to hug me it was it was an emotional because it was everybody was trying to be so normal to me in the room it wasn't like guys were coming up being like when i returned like giving me a hug thinking about you like guys want to be yeah. guys right like just be normal and, but when i scored that goal it was like everybody just wanted to give me a big huge hug um and kind of and we felt like they were there the team the players and wives were where it was so great but that moment guys kind of you find it felt the emotion from all the guys so it was it was a special moment yeah and you've got the puck and that's kind of a, yeah yeah everything got a great picture that's one of the pictures I, I've we have a picture of uh of that. The flames gave us a picture of that where it sits downstairs of his memory. So it goes with my hundredth goal puck and my silver stick and all those other stuff. And it's probably the one I look at the most. And now two boys, you're coaching, you're running around. It's busy being a dad. <laughs> so busy. It's uh <laughs> It's the best, but it's busy. Um, 
it's just so different because when they're baby so we were in germany and dylan was just born he's our youngest so he was a baby there and now he's three but now they're it's just and you guys are parents so like the young years you still they nap but now having two boys and at the age where they just always want to do stuff and and if you don't do it they drive you more crazy right exactly yeah, not and, doing something's yeah. worse than doing yeah something. they're like dogs if you don't exercise and yeah. they get into shit exactly so gotta then, tire them out yeah and we're not we don't like giving them their ipads and that stuff so it's like find something to do but everything they want to do involves dad or mom so here i am playing catch at the park for three hours a night and what else are they into? what are they all into are they oh, mini sticks every sport and, very sport yeah, yeah all sports they like star wars um that'd be the I, i've never really watched star wars except with them now so yeah. it's kind of all new oh. to me yeah but uh they uh sports yeah. mini sticks they have our own league set up in the basement where they beat me every time. Um, so it's all, and then they have their hockey and so it's, it's fun. It's uh it's busy though. Anybody yeah. with kids, it's busy, but it's, it's, you enjoy it. Vina Nova is Calgary's lab grown diamond specialists. They're the only store in Calgary that specializes exclusively in lab grown diamonds. You know, you're getting the largest selection of loose lab grown diamonds and jewelry in the entire city. Savings from lab-grown diamonds can be as much as 80% off. Visit venanova.com or check them out in their downtown showroom on the second level of Stephen Avenue Place. What is a lab-grown diamond? Well, lab-grown diamond, simply a diamond that's been grown in a lab. They have the same chemical composition and crystal structure as natural earth-mined diamonds. Due to its identical nature, lab-created diamonds have the same hardness, right refraction, and pretty much the same as a natural diamond. Only difference, they're lab-created and referred to as synthetic because they are chemically and physically the same, but are man-made. Be confident knowing you can save up to 80% compared to mine diamonds pretty much across the board. If you want a custom design done, Vina Nova can do that as well. Just give them a few weeks of heads up to complete your custom piece. Find out more at vinanova.com. They started to grasp that you played. I'm guessing you're not bragging to your kids. Oh, dad was in it. You know what I mean? But it takes... It, it almost takes a while from it almost takes their friends to say your dad did what yeah for your kids yeah. to kind of go oh yeah, yeah i guess he did i don't know is my, that what you did dad yeah my oldest for sure knows now because he came home the other day with a library book and he's like oh one of my friends said you're in a library book and it's like so now and with hockey cards they see my so he gets it um or now like when I'm coaching and I'm on the bench at a Hitman game and there's their teddy bear toss, there's all the people out there. They're kind of like, Oh, my daddy was a somebody. The youngest is still not there, but they never look at you that way at home. No. You're just, a, you're just their dad. Yeah. It's, it's more like Rhett just said, when you go or we're coaching the kids and then their friends are like saying stuff to, or like I'm walking down the street or at the mall with my kids and all of a sudden, you know, there's a flame saying, Oh, it's Matt stage. Or like, you know, yeah. and you people recognize you, then the the kids are like, "Why are they recognizing you?" Like, and so they're starting to grasp it. But yeah. that's just all part of you know being a professional athlete in a, in a Canadian city. You know, people will recognize you, and hopefully, uh, they're going to be fine. I think as long as they understand, just to be good kids. Like it's it, we're just we're just people, yeah. right? But when their friends talk your dad up, I it. You just hope that they stay 
grounded and, and, and all that. Now you brought it up earlier, uh, not concussions are f- a laughing matter, but as we bring this to a close, I have to say you have taken some of the most hellacious hits I have ever seen from any one guy in the NHL. I was in New York the night when, I mean, Mark Stahl just about decapitated you. Um, you mentioned Weidman. Weidman clunked you when he was with the Bruins. Yeah. Johnny Boychuk hammered. You took some blows, my man. I did. Yeah, I never, probably not smart of me. I wouldn't dodge hits. <laughs> sometimes I, <laughs> some, sometimes I, I would have my head down and get clunked. Yeah. Like from a bat suey pass, but I would never, if I was getting a suey pass, I, I wasn't smart enough. I would just stay in there and be like, I'll just take this hit and, but sometimes it's not the right choice. Um, hey, if that's if you're a centerman in the NHL, and you're especially like I feel like now there's a few guys that you got to worry about catching you with your head down when yeah. you watch. But like in the late 2000s, especially when I first came in the league, like there was no hooking. But when the rules changed, there were still a lot of guys looking for open ice hits. And when you come through the middle. And you have your head down for a split second. I got caught a few times. And well, we talk about it now. It's such a lost art in the yes. game. You could come, you could come across the middle like that. Yeah. Ten times, eight times, you're probably fine. Yeah. But there might be two times that somebody's like, "This is the time I'm going to hit you." Yeah. And you get blown right up. It's almost more dangerous now yeah. than it was when you knew you were going to. Yeah. Get well, because you expected it. Now yes. you don't think it's going to yeah. happen. And I look back, not one of those hits do I think was dirty. Maybe because they hit my head, so now it's a headshot. But at that time, headshots were just becoming a thing. It was like it was is more you could make contact with the with the head as long yeah. as it wasn't your elbow back then. So I look at those. I'm like, either it was a suicide pass from my D, or it was me me having a lapse and looking at the puck after I passed it and having my head down. So that that one in New York, it was a couple days later we are in the elevator in Pittsburgh. It's like, Oh, that man is not, he is not okay. You were white. You were not good. Yeah. That was, and that was right through that tough time in Calgary too. I remember that one because I remember giving it, I was carrying the puck. Gio was coming as the fourth guy and he was calling for it. And then I passed it. But then I, as a center, you're like, okay, that better be my guy. It was kind of like, so, so I just sure. checked and Mark Stahl just stepped up on me. And I'm like, after I was like, that was my own fault. But at the same time, tip your cap, mm. get up, get off. Probably take a week to get back to normal, <laughs> but <laughs> that's just how it was. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's just the way the game was. And luckily I've, I was able to bounce back from, from all those hits and not miss extended period of time. And I've had, my question my wet my wife will question my memory sometimes yeah. but i haven't had any problems with with the head but those definitely shook me up yeah. quite a bit i reached out to guys like give me some dirt give me something on stage and you, i mean i guess two things one is guys say your stick was atrocious <laughs> your blade was so what was your blade what's the story with your i was just a lot of my i had a thick thicker grip stick i think it was more square but my blade was very straight, but I, I feel like in the early 2000s, more guys had straight blades. So when I came in, 
Well, there was they still yeah. probably had those. The they did yeah. legal curves. <laughs> yeah. We did in yeah. junior. We had le- every. I played with Jason Spezza in junior. Check it all the time. They would check his stick and he would break it every face off, and it should have been penalty because yeah. that's what they did in the NHL to him. But in junior, he would just break it and they switch a stick. But like, so I just had a straight stick, and so when I, I remember, and when it was most noticeable was when I came to Calgary because all those guys would you check out the new player stick and they're like, what is this? Like, yeah, but that's just the stick I use. It was a stiff stick. Um, yeah, just so different than what, what you see now. So yeah, that's fine. That's just what they, it worked for me. Yeah. So guys were, guys yeah. were pretty impressed that you were able to play with a boat paddle or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and the second thing is there is no one that has a bad word to say about you. And I know that it's kind of one of those things you Oh, well, whatever. But when you talk about legacy and leaving the game and, and now giving back to to kids in junior and that people have great memories of you. There's the player, but then there's the guy. You were an unbelievable teammate. Coaches respect you. You are one of the more respected guys that a lot of guys ever played with, which you have to what else is there at the end of the day that's what you're kind of judged on yeah and i that's flattering and but that's what you want as a player like i i wanted to win that's that's my biggest regret like i wish i had a more of an opportunity to to win but you're one piece and you control what you can and i just that was always a thing um be a good teammate right from even in junior i just remember and it's a fine line like because your teammates have to, you can be a good guy and not be fun, but I wanted to be fun too. Like it, I didn't, like I liked going out and having fun with my teammates and that's part of it. That's how you get to know your teammates. But doing that, you still got to be a good teammate, good person, and you want your teammates to trust you. And, um, that's just what I always, I just wanted to be one of the guys and you guy that they could talk to, but also could have fun with, and we could have good memories. And that's how I always went about my business and, and still do. And luckily, uh, uh, people have good things to say about me. I don't think it's anything I was just trying to do. It's just the way I was. Thanks for your time. This was awesome. I'm glad to see that you're doing so well in retirement and the family is great and life is great. Thanks. Appreciate you. No, thanks for having me on anytime guys. Guys, it's Pinder looking into some NHL futures for our Betway bet of the day today. Let's stay in the Pacific Division where Vegas is going to have the shortest of off seasons. Lots of partying. That's what happens when you win the Cup. Calgary, we don't know. LA's improved. I think the Edmonton Oilers can win the Pacific Division in the regular season. That's playing. That is paying. Plus 200. Triple your money. If the Oilers win the Pacific, we're dancing. Betway, bet the responsible way. There you have it. Great guy. One of the good ones, Matt Stajan. Thanks for uh, spending that amount of time with us. It was another one. We sat down, just started talking. I kept going and kept going and kept going. And uh, we figured this uh, this is really good. It, it, I remember sending him the message as we were getting ready for this. I just wanted to see if he was okay. I wanted to ask about Emerson. And if he didn't, then that's totally cool. There's enough of a story there, obviously, without... Uh, without that detail, but he was like, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're very open and, and uh, willing to talk about it. And you think of other parents who have gone through something as terrible as that there would be some real strength that they would draw from the experience that, uh, that Matt and Katie went through and their willingness to share and how you deal 
with with that kind of mental trauma and that kind of anguish and it's uh it's pretty amazing people when you think about it that they're willing to relive that over and over again just for the benefit of others hope you enjoyed it summer rolls on our series of interviews roll on as well still to come Curtis Glencross goes one-on-one with Ryan Pinder. Glencross, when you think about it and you look back, pretty appropriate he was a Calgary Flame, right? Almost feel like he was born to be a Flame. And a couple of Hockey Hall of Famers, Lanny McDonald, Mike Vernon, all coming up. We hope you enjoy it. Subscribe and like and tell your friends and take us with you and do what you got to do. Check out the other interviews. We did one with Robin Regeer. It's there waiting for you if you missed it. Ryan Huska, coach of the Flames. Talk to him just uh, shortly after he got the job. That's there as well. Either way, hope you're having a great summer. We appreciate you. Support the sponsors. See you next time on Barnburner. <laughs>